And I pray today the Lord will bless you with this wonderful word and to Jesus be the glory and the honor. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Where would we be without the Lord? I don't even want to think about that one because He is our life and our all. And to Jesus, our precious Jesus, be the praise. Today I want to talk to you about how to restore the power of God into your life. You know, today we see a lot of power failure in people's lives. And the reason is because they don't minister, minister to, to the Lord. And Lord, again, thank you for your word. I pray you'll open our eyes. Let us see wondrous things out of your word today. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. I pray the Lord will bless you, minister to you, and meet all your needs. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 8, says something powerful about the... Levites. It says, at that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord. Watch these words. To minister unto him, unto him, and to bless in his name unto this day. And that's the reason, even though the people of Israel experienced rebellion and they rebelled you know, against the Lord, the cloud by day and the fire by night did not leave. The presence of God stayed because a tribe ministered to the Lord. So ministering to the Lord is the way we kind of rekindle the power of God in our life. It's the way we see it restored, that power failure is over and we are now full of power. So ministering to, not for, to the Lord is the key, the real key where the power of God becomes so real in your life and my life. Because sometimes we all leak, you know. We all have problems, and we have to deal with them. And the only way I know is we go back to that blessed place where we minister to the Lord. Now watch in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3, they had a power failure in, in the nation of Israel. It says, and the child Samuel, I'm, I'm actually reading verse 1, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Here is Israel at a time when no open vision, the power of God was not seen, but a child, a child named Samuel, restored the power of God to the whole nation. Because it says he ministered unto the Lord. And now what is so amazing is the Lord began calling in verse 4. The Lord called Samuel. So now the word of the Lord came back. It was no longer what it was. It says in verse 1, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, meaning no, no, one, no one heard that or that word precious means rare. So if you want God to talk to you repeatedly, rather than at rare times, minister to him. I'm telling you, I have found that secret myself. Whenever the power of God is missing in my life or I'm not hearing his voice again, I minister to him. I'm not talking about prayer. I'm not talking about uh, reading the Bible. I'm talking about ministering in worship, in worship, in praise and adoration to the Lord. So here's a whole tribe that ministered to the Lord and they kept his presence on the nation. Here's a child who comes back or comes into Israel as a child, begins ministering to the Lord, 
and the glory came back. It says the word of the Lord now is back. In verse 4, the Lord called Samuel. And he said, here am I. And even though he did not recognize the Lord's voice because he thought it was Eli talking, it says, now Samuel did not yet know, verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. But now God called the third time. Watch, here's a little boy who did not know the Lord, who did not know the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord was not revealed to him. But by ministering to the Lord, the Lord revealed himself and his word to him, and he became a mighty prophet. So ministering to the Lord is key. Are you facing a dry time in your life? Are you experiencing where you've not heard God's voice for a long time? You're wondering if everything is okay. Well, when we start ministering to the Lord, that's when the problem really begins. And a, and a lot of us, we, we love reading the Bible and talking to God when we have a problem, you know. But ministering to the Lord in worship, private worship, private worship, not in church, private worship, that makes a big difference. I mean, we can go to church and people do all the time and people praise the Lord and worship the Lord. But it's, it's not the same as when you're alone. Because when you're alone with God, that beauty comes, the, the tears flow, the intimacy is there, the communion with the Lord is there. You're not being distracted by someone saying, okay, now sit down, here's the announcement, you know, or take the offering. No, no. You are free. You are, you are in that beautiful atmosphere on your own. Your own mountain, mountaintop experience with God, where he starts talking to you, to you straight from heaven, not through someone else. So the Bible says something powerful in 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 11. It came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified and did not then wait by course. And also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and so on. But then it says this, verse 13, it came even to pass, watch, I love this, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets, cymbals, instruments of music, and praise the Lord, saying, for he's good, his mercy endured forever. Then, it says, then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. But I love that part. It says, when they became one, it's very hard to become one with a crowd. It's very hard to, to feel like you're by yourself with a crowd there. But it's easy to feel that when you're alone. Now, you know, I've been in great meetings. I've had great crusades throughout the world. And I've worshipped and thousands worshipped with me. And it's always lovely, beautiful, of course. God touches you, all that. But when I'm alone, that's when God talks to me. That's when I really hear the beautiful voice of Jesus. Gives me amazing strength, amazing comfort. When you become one with him in spirit through worship, this is what is ministry to the Lord all about. You become one with the Lord in your spirit, man. And the second you become one with him in spirit, and the communion is alive, that fellowship of the Holy Spirit is alive, God talks to us. And this is when we 
experiences peace, his tranquility, his wonderful presence begins to flow. And that's, I think, when, when, when God often calls people into the ministry is when uh, they're in those, in those blessed, quiet moments with him. So if you want God to use you, I think it's time you understand that what happened in, in Acts 13 can happen for you. In Acts 13, it talks about how when they ministered to the Lord, there was Paul of Tarsus. There was, you know, of course, let me just read it for you. Uh, there were in the church, I'm reading verse 1, uh, chapter 13 of, of the book of Acts. There were in the church that was in Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simon and Lucius and Manan. And then it says, as they ministered to the Lord, verse 2, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul, for the work whereunto I have called them. So here we see that God Almighty calls Saul of Tarsus, or Paul the Apostle, became Paul, into the ministry while he with the others were ministering to the Lord. Do you remember what, what happened in that, in that jail, you know, when, when Paul was thrown in prison in Acts 16, and he ministered to the Lord, and when they ministered, he and Silas, that's when the, when the glory of God came and the prison, you know, opened up by itself. Let me show you, let me, let me show you in the book of Daniel, some powerful moment here. Daniel 7, Daniel 7. Even in heaven, as the angels worship and praise the Lord, God acts on, on the behalf of his will. It says, I beheld Daniel 7, uh, 9 to 14, by the way. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days that sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued. Imagine a, a glorious moment there. This amazing, glorious picture came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000. Here is the, the entire angelic host. The judgment was set and the books were opened. And then, here they were doing what? Ministering. It says, thousands, thousands ministered unto him. Verse 10. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And, and as they were ministering, the court was seated. The judgment began on the wicked. God judges the wicked on our behalf when we worship him, when we minister to him. If you want to silence your enemies, minister to the Lord. He'll silence them for you. I'm saying this word for somebody. If you want to silence your enemies, minister to the Lord, and he will silence your enemies for you. Because it says here, as they minister to the Lord, it says the court was opened, judgment was set, and the books now were opened. And then it says, I beheld them because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, Antichrist. I beheld even till the beast was slain. God silenced the Antichrist and destroyed him. His body destroyed and given to the burning flames. Wow. 
angels minister to God, and God takes vengeance on the Antichrist. I mean, this is incredible revelation truth here I'm giving you. So think about what I'm talking to you about, the power of ministering unto the Lord. And we see the same thing in Revelation 5, because in Revelation 5, I'm going to start reading at verse 11. It says, I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. The number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor, glory and blessing. And as they were praising the Lord, that's when later it says judgment came on the Antichrist because you keep reading in chapter 6. They were ministering to the Lord in chapter 5 and the judgment fell in chapter 6. So I believe it is, it is so important that now we really understand that ministering to the Lord is the key. And the reason is because God is moved by his children. He's moved by you. You see, when you minister to him, things happen. In Deuteronomy 32, 9, it says, The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. So why is God moved by our worship? Why is God moved when we minister to him? Well, because it says, he, he has set his love on us. You know, no one moves you like your children in the natural. More, nobody can move you to do something like your children can when they ask you for something and they, they, they get close to you and they ask you in such sweet love and all that. You do it. You do it. You know, I remember I've told the story many, many times. My daddy was a very tough man. He was a tough man. Six foot two, you know and strong-willed and strong in person. And I wanted, years ago, I wanted him to buy me a toy gun, uh, you know, that has all the colors you shoot and all the colors, the thing, you know, goes in circles, it just kind of makes noise. I was maybe, I don't know, four or five years old, living in Israel. And he just kept saying no. And I saw this uh, plastic toy gun in, in, in a store. And it was just a toy. And I wanted, you know, my dad to buy it, and he just wouldn't do it for a long time. I mean, months and months, he just said no. And I asked my mom one day, I said, Mom, how, how do I get dad to listen to me? <laughs> she said, go sit on his knees and play with his ear. I never heard that before. Like, what? I was just a little kid. So I went and sat on his, on, on his knees, and okay, we'll try this out, you know. So I began playing with his ear, with his earlobe, I mean. And he looked at me and says, what do you want? Because I was showing him love, you know. I just said I wanted to be close to him as my, as, as my daddy. He said, what do you want? I said, I want that gun. And he went and got it for me. It just shows you that when we touch the right button, you know, in somebody's heart, they'll do anything for us as our parents, as our family members. So think about your children coming to you and asking for things. When they, you know, get close to you and they told you how much, they tell you how much they love you, I love you, dad, I love you, mom, you'll do anything for them because that's just the heart of a parent, you know? So God Almighty, I believe, is waiting for us as his children to touch his heart. And what touches his heart most when we give him our time? 
when we give him our time. Listen to me. Giving God our, your time is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. Because that's what will move him to, to move on your behalf. Deuteronomy 7 verse 7 says, The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people. You were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you and because you would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, had the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God loves it when we spend time with him. And so, you know, we love him because he first loved, loved us. You know, in 1 John, it says that so beautifully. But why, you have to ask yourself, why did God create me in the first place? Well, Isaiah 43, verse 7 and 21 says why. So verse 7, he says, even everyone that's called by my name, I've created him for my glory. So God created you for his glory, not yours, for his glory. So we can give him our, our, our love and our worship and our praise. This people, it says in verse 21, Isaiah 43, this people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. So God created us for himself so we can praise him. And there's such power in praise. There's such power in worship. There's such power when we minister to the Lord. Even a, a child understood that, you know, named Samuel. Back in the 70s, I would spend hours and hours every night ministering to the Lord and just worshiping the Lord. I used to have an old tape called Alleluia by the, by the, by the Gaithers, Bill, Bill Gaither. And I played that over and over. In fact, I took it off the album and recorded it on a reel-to-reel so I could rewind it at night. And, and so anyways, and I played that over and over and over. And the glory of God visited my life because I would just spend time. And there are times when, when that tape would go off, would quit, you know, but I would just keep ministering to the Lord till like four in the morning sometimes. And that's when God called me into the ministry. And that's why in all of, of our crusades, I take time to worship and lead the crowd in worship. Everybody starts worship. That's when the miracles happen. When does God move? When did God move in our meetings? When does he move today? In healing people. When we worship him. We bring him into, we bring people into the presence of the Lord when we lead them into worship. Jack Hafer told me one day, he said, you don't have a healing ministry. He said, your gift is bringing people into the presence of God. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I didn't even think about that at that time. He said, what you do is you bring people into the presence of God, and God does the rest. Worship is so powerful. Worship is so life-changing. But you can do that in your own house. You don't have to be in a big meeting to, to, to have God uh, talk to you and touch you and heal you. Just be by yourself. Worship the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1. And today we have something so beautiful. We can play a worship tape. And just while the worship is going, we can just love the Lord and just adore the Lord. And sometimes we weep. And sometimes we just have nothing to say except our hearts are talking to him. And the beauty of the Lord takes over, you know. 
and the peace of God fills our hearts and suddenly we feel like we've been wrapped into a new place. And that's when, when, when the miracles begin happening. That's when God silences our enemies. That's when God will, will judge the wicked that are coming at us to harm us. So uh, Ephesians 1.16, it says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know, this is key here, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Why did he call you? And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you, to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? So here we see God Almighty wants to bless us. We are his inheritance. We, the saints, are his inheritance. God created you for himself. And now he desires to give himself to you because this is what this verse says. That, that God Almighty, it says, what are the riches, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us word, to you and I. God wants to release his power on you. You are his inheritance. That happens when you and I worship him. When you and I minister to him. Because when we give ourselves to him, he gives our, him, himself to us. And that's what that beautiful verse says. So God Almighty created you for himself. And now you give yourself to him. He gives himself to you. And, and, and he created us with the capacity, frankly, to receive him, to, to know him, to worship him. So uh, ministering to him not only brings us into his presence, but it brings his presence into us. I want to say it again. Ministering to the Lord not only brings us into his presence, it brings his presence in us. So as we minister to him, we worship him, God gives himself to us. And now we come to this beautiful portion, and then I'm going to pray with you. In 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9, and I love this part. It says, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a treasured people, a peculiar or his own treasured people, that ye should show forth the praises of him, or proclaim the praises of him, who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here we are when we, when we begin to minister to him, we become that chosen generation. We become that royal priesthood. We become that holy nation. We become that treasured people. And we begin to show or proclaim his praises, and we begin to experience his light. We literally come out of darkness. Ministering to the Lord brings you into the light. And I want to just right now pray with you because I believe God Almighty 
is using this word to speak to someone who is going through some darkness, some trials, some painful moments in your life, and the way to to be delivered from that pain in, in your soul, that attack of the enemy on your mind or your life, or people who have come against you wrongfully, God will take care of all that. Just minister to Jesus. Just minister to Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you'll use this word to speak to your people. That they might know, Lord, this is the only way, this is the only answer to our troubles in life that we might see your light and live in your light and live in your peace and joy. Thank you, wonderful Lord, that your presence will silence the enemy. Your presence in our life will release us from the bondage of the enemy. Your presence in our life that comes as we minister to you will silence not only the enemy, but bring judgment on that enemy. In the glorious name of Jesus. Lord, bring your people out of that bondage and problem into your wonderful presence as they minister to you today in Jesus' wonderful name. God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, I pray this has been a blessing to you. I pray this is blessing you and helping you. So now it's time to give to the Lord's work. You know, giving to the Lord's work has become more important in my life now than ever before because the older I get, the more I realize that the more you give, the more you live. The more you give, the more blesses you. God blesses you with uh, not only prosperity, but more than that. Because giving, giving is, is saying to God, I trust you, Lord, with my future finances. And God, you know, rejoices over that because he loves a cheerful giver. He loves someone who says, Lord, I'm giving to your work because I love you so much. And I praise you, Lord, that you're going to take care of my future and my children's future. So it's not about money. It's about faith. It's about trust. It's about how we feel about God. Because our giving is the sign of what our hearts are really like. Where our treasure is, there is our heart. Where our heart is, there is our treasure. And we give out of that our heart because we're saying to the Lord, Lord, I trust you. I love you and I trust you. And the greatest way we can show him our trust is by giving. Because giving is voting for the kingdom. Giving is voting for his cause. And so that's why givers have been blessed in God's word. Abraham was a giver, so was Isaac. Because they understood the more they gave, the more they were blessed. Not only in the natural, but also with their future. So, Lord, thank you for your word. I pray right now, Lord, as you speak to your people to give, they will give out of a heart of love and faithfully giving to you continually. We give you the praise that faithful men will abound with blessings. And now we honor you with our substance. We honor you with what you've given us. And you will bless us as you declare in your word. Honor the Lord with your substance 
and the first fruits of your increased soul shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses will erupt and burst with new wine. Hallelujah. Okay, you can give and so you see right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, and we're going to upgrade it. Maybe you've, you've seen the difference. So it's easier now to give on our website. And then, or you can just simply go to our, uh, you, you can text BHM45777. And thank you again for your love, your support, and your prayers. A million thanks. I'll see you again tomorrow for another beautiful day and a beautiful teaching. Bye-bye.